Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Housing for the Aged Action Group, Haig for short, a housing group for older people run by old people. Present Raise the Roof. We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Oh, that was a sudden ending to that intro. Welcome to 3CR. Um, you're listening to Hag's Raise the Roof show and my name is Fiona and I'm joined in the studio today by my co-presenter Leone. How are you going, Leone? I'm good. How are you, Fiona? I'm not too bad. You've been a little bit under the weather, haven't I you? I have been yep. under the weather and you've been under a great deal of stress from the recent bushfires. Yes. Very personal experiences of that. Yes, that's what we're actually going to talk about today. Um, yeah, so today's show is going going to be about the impact of the East Gippsland bushfires on older people. Um, obviously, there's been a fair bit of media, or there was up until recently, about what it's been like out there with these catastrophic fires. Um, but I was wanting to hear from older people themselves and also the people that work with them. So we've got an interview um, that we'll play shortly with the Assistance with Care and Housing worker from Bansdale. And next fortnight we have an interview with an older resident of Orbost who has been um, living through the various evacuations and warnings and fire impact. So, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. It's interesting. And for those who don't know, what's the role of that worker, the ACT worker? Yes. Yeah. The Assistance with Care and Housing Workers um, are funded through the federal government to help older people um, connect with housing. Um, and so it's a really great program. And, and we talk a little bit about how underfunded and patchy it is in the interview. So we'll get into that with Val. Um, but for those that don't know, we might give a little bit of background about what happened with the fires this year. Um, so around the end of December... Um, 30th, 31st of December, a catastrophic fire came through. Um, most of East Gippsland was burnt out. The entirety of East Gippsland was under an evacuation. And um, there was a lot of things happening simultaneously, big fires breaking out near Malakuta and also up um, north of Bansdale and north of Orbost. And the fire moved very quickly and devastated millions of hectares um, of bush and displaced lots of people and killed lots of animals. So, And a lot of this bush would be bush that would traditionally not burn because of its, you know, it's a wet, wetter yeah, climate. Yeah, that's right. So really devastating for really, those environments. Yep. And because the whole place was under evacuation, um, it meant that there were lots of... East Gippsland's a relatively old population. If you look at the census data, there's a lot of people that are aged over 65. It's a place where people go to retire. It's also a place where people are incredibly resilient. So when I used to live up there, um, the local CFA 
most of the drivers in the town that I was working in, in Tabbot, were over the age of 70. Wow. And it was just completely unheard of to think about retirement. Like people were fit and healthy and you talk about active ageing. Well, they were walking up and down hills constantly as part of their daily life and they were incredibly fit. A lot of very self-sufficient people. Um, most people have animals like chooks and goats and whatever. Um, they also have their own gardens and they do preserving. And, and so the older people in the community are very fit and very self-reliant. Very old school. Old school, yeah. But something like this hits the place and it's pretty full on. Um, so what we might do is go straight um, to that interview. Um, but before we do, we're going to play a little um, subscriber um, piece of information. It's actually a subscriber week here at 3CR. Yes, it's all of your new sub- subscriptions should come in in February. Yes, that's right. And be part of the movement for change that's and support. Right. Yes. Support us. Support that's right. The, the sh- and and can also coming to um, our show, if you want to subscribe to our show, you can do that. But before much ado, I'll pop on a little piece of information about that and then we'll go straight to the interview. <laughs> There is power in numbers and there is power in independent, community-run media. Join the swelling number of people fighting back by becoming a member of your radical activist radio station. Show us your love and subscribe to 3CR. Call us on 9419 8377 or pay online 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Um, I'm joined in the um, on the phone today by Val Marshall, who's the ATCH worker in East Gippsland. Hi, Val. How are you going? Good, thanks, Fiona. That's great. So, Val, tell me, um, you are the Assistance with Care and Housing worker in East Gippsland, and that's based in Bansdale. Um, for listeners who don't know the area, would you be able to tell us exactly where Bansdale is? Um, it's easy if you're looking on a map and look up look at Tasmania and then come up to the mainland so you can sort of pretty much go to Lake Centre and Spansdale. That's probably the easiest way. So, so it's about t- nearly um, 278 k's from Melbourne, in obviously an easterly direction. Yeah, so it's not quite on the New South Wales border, but it's about no, three quarters no. of the way there. Uh, I would say about halfway there. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so Bansdale's uh, probably got about, what? how many people live in Bansdale? Around 10,000? Uh, we are a- we are a small city, yeah. so that means we've gone past 10,000. So I think we're maybe about 12 now, but that includes a little bit of the local areas. Yeah, and so yeah. normally in your work, what's the sort of thing that you do for older people and housing in the Bansdale region? Okay, so you mentioned I worked in, in the Assistance with Care and Housing Program, so that's done in conjunction with the Red Cross. Yeah. So I mainly work with people that are over 65 years of age who are homeless or at risk of homelessness. But sometimes there is exceptions, like if you're a First Nation person or if you're prematurely aged, which generally means you've got quite severe health issues, um, they can be accepted into this program. Yeah, and so you would be trying to help people find housing in the local area, is that right? Yes, I have been, which is a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I bet. So what yeah. sort of housing are people generally getting into? Is there lots? Is there much rental housing or is it? Is, there's not much public uh, look, we, housing? Look, we have quite an active rental market, but it's quite expensive, um, particularly if you happen to be on Newstart, which a lot of our people sadly are. Yeah. It's incredibly hard to maintain a private rental tenancy if you're on Newstart. 
Absolutely. So obviously the reason that I wanted to chat to you today is about the devastating fires that have hit the region. Um, so Bansdale was kind of the epicentre of, of that um, massive fire that hit around the 30th, 31st of December. Um, yes. Obviously Bansdale itself didn't get hit, but a lot of the surrounding areas did, like Sarsfield and Clifton Creek and um, and all the way up to Malakuta, and um, Malakuta was quite famously in the news, but there were a it lot was. of smaller towns and, yes. and lots of people that were affected there. Would you be able to tell what uh, tell us what it's been like for you um, living in Bansdale and what it's been like for some of the older residents out there? Okay. Well, I actually um, didn't work on the 30th and the 31st because, like, we were under evacuation, so I did actually evacuate. Yeah, right. Um, but um, fortunately, the fires um, on the edge of Bensdale, the northern edge, fortunately, they turned and missed my place. But sadly, they, as you said, they did Clifton Creek and, um, and Sarsfield over at that time. Um, Bruven and Wisely were also quite threatened too. Yeah. Um, it was a quite surreal, I would have to say. Um, like, I didn't get to see the fireballs, but I saw the massive plumes of smoke. Um, I had taken some equines into the Bansdale sale yard so you could see all the other evacuated horses and cattle. Yeah. Um, I did go over to the relief centre when I wasn't working and saw a lot of the people that had been evacuated, and that was quite, really quite devastating, and they were quite raw, as you can imagine, in their emotions, um, very yeah. upsetting to lose your property and had to, you know, leave so quickly. Um, a lot of lot of smoke around for lots of days. Even on Saturday, last Saturday, there was still smoke coming. I think that was probably from maybe around Canberra and also Marlow and um, Cape Conran. So even though we're not getting evacuations now, there's still you know we'll often get smoke and we're still conscious that it's going on. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So those evacuation centres they got set up pretty pretty quickly, didn't they? Because no one really saw this coming. So I well, guess people were driving from all sorts of places to get down to Bansdale. Can you describe what it was like down at those evacuation centres? Um, look, there were some amazing things going on too, but there was also some probably um, quite understandably frustrated people. Yeah. Um, the, the council was um, overseeing overseeing it. There was um, DHHS was there. Um, probably that included Centrelink too, so trying to provide services, trying to do claims for people. Um, t- tents were eventually allocated. People might have been sleeping in the cars for a little bit initially. There was amazing... Um, this, you might have seen on the news that um, some of the Sikh members who oh, brought yeah. down and cooked free vegetarian meals was just absolutely amazing. Then I've heard stories of people in Bansdale that had excess vegetables just dropping them off so they'd be converted to meals. Yeah. I um, ended up with two clients in the relief centre. Um, the first one had been sleeping in his car in the Waiwira area, which is near Orbost. And he had to evacuate very quickly. Um, luckily, saved his car, but lost um, um, other other belongings. Uh, another client who was in um, Caravan Park in Lakes Entrance, he'd been evacuated too, but he was there for a lesser period. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it would have been a pleasant experience, but I guess um, you got some supplies and some supports um, after having lost your house, which would have been devastating. For sure. So now there's still a fair bit of smoke around. Um, I'm guessing that the evacuation centres aren't up and running anymore. People are no, people are going closed. back home, or well, they were. When people that haven't got homes, um, um, I understood that they were being sent back to their areas, but I'm not sure where they were being accommodated in their own areas if their house had gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they did close the release centre up a couple of weeks ago now, maybe a week and a half to two weeks ago. Yes. 
And what was it like for older people who were being told to evacuate? Because obviously a lot of people don't necessarily have family supports around. No. Um, there's no public transport. Not People don't necessarily drive. What, what, was, it, what was it like for – because a lot of people in East Gippsland are older um, – what was it like for them? Do you, do you know of how well, people Well, I can fared? only talk to one story of a colleague of mine. So she nearly got burnt out. She was in the Nicholson area, but she had some um, elderly neighbours who yeah. did lose all their house and all their um, buildings, their little farm buildings. And I think they managed to drive out. But, um, you know, he's, they, they were quite elderly and he just still manages to drive. But they were safe, but they've lost everything. Mm. Um, I understand... I had a, understand they have got their insurance payout and um, they're going to sell their farm because they're just too old to rebuild. Yeah. Uh, one of my clients that was evacuated from Wairira, he's now being diagnosed with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which I su- suggest the smoke has exacerbated. For sure. Yeah, and he's still um, getting treatment for that. So it was bad enough for someone who's quite a bit younger, but if you're a bit older and had health issues... It, it wasn't going to help at all. Yeah, no, no that just sounds yeah. really full on. And and there has been, I understand, I've got some friends up there as well and they were telling me about some neighbours who were underinsured because they yeah. would have bought their houses back 40, 50 years ago or whatever and, and the cost of rebuilding is always a lot more. So I guess there's mm. going to be some people who did own places but are now in the, finding themselves unable to afford to buy anything in town. Um and that could be an yeah, issue. No, I don't have a lot of personal knowledge of that. I would ass- I would assume that was correct, but I don't have a lot of personal yeah. knowledge of that. My, my main issue now is trying to, to house people, and yeah. because there's no public housing stock, well, <laughs> no empty public housing stock in this area, um, like the, the turnover is so slow in, in the elderly persons units. We're actually waiting for someone to pass before an offer is made to someone else, and that has been confirmed by the local housing office, Yeah, which is incredibly sad. My, my biggest um, breakthrough I've had in, in recent months is I've had access to a retirement village, um, which decided to go to a rental model. Right. But um, my program and a few other people have just about filled that up now. Already? Yeah, already. Yeah. yeah. So that goes um, to show what the demand is like, and I'm assuming that the demand's only going to increase with this natural disaster that's occurred as well. Well, I can't see it. I can't see it going down. And like, as I said, the rental prices in Bensal, the private rental prices are quite high. So, yeah. you know, if you're on benefits, you are really, really struggling. Yeah. So we really need more investment urgently, um, not only to rebuild people's houses that have been burnt, but to to deal with the existing demand pre-fire, where people don't have anywhere to go that's affordable in the local area. Absolutely. And I know, like our, our local um, homelessness networker has been advocating for that heavily. Yeah. I did notice during the bushfires, Daniel Andrews, I believe he said, um, you can correct me, that he was going to ask the federal government for funding to build more stock. But, you know, even if that was started tomorrow, it's still a couple of years off, isn't That's it? That's right, yeah. Mm. And in the meantime, there's a lot of people who don't have anywhere to go. I mean, I hear that there's been a bunch of different um, agencies and government support come in to help people who have um, either been impacted through evacuation or have lost their homes. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about how that's going and how people are accessing that? Yes, well, um, the, um, Gippsland Lakes Central Health, which was previously called Gippsland Lakes Community Health, does have bushfire um, f- funding program now, relief funding program, and I actually was able to allocate some monies from that to subsidise a client's rent, so that was really quite valuable. Yeah. Um, I think Windermere in this area, and I think they're going to be in our building, Quantum Support 
um, services building in the future is going to offer some intake and case management ongoing for bushfire victims. Yeah. But that actually hasn't started yet. I think they're still getting staff. And um, GJAG or um, Gippsland and East Gippsland Aboriginal Cooperative has also got funding for bushfire relief for First Nations people. Yeah. So there is a little bit of stuff coming through, but it can be quite hard to access, particularly if you don't have um, phones or internet or transport. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that just trying to get your head around all of the different things and fill out all the paperwork is quite difficult for people. Um, But I'm assuming that some of these case managers might be able to assist with that. Certainly, from what I've read from the um, press releases, um, doing doing paperwork is going to be part of their role. Yeah, I mean, I guess my concern would be that it's a short. There's a short-term spotlight on the area while this sort of stuff's going on, but the long-term effects are going to be felt for a really long time. Um, and I guess people like yourselves that are there on the front line trying to help people are going to be seeing those effects. Um, if if you could say something to the government, what would you what would you say right now about that? Oh, we need more public housing stock. Yeah. Please, please, please. Yeah, and it's an urgent priority, not just... It's an urgent priority, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So a lot of people that you're seeing would be, in our service, we see women who are around the age of, you know, early 60s who are on New Start, who have been working in the workforce, mm-hmm. but have lost their jobs due to whatever reason, um, and then find themselves really, really struggling on pitiful amounts of money and nowhere to go. And I'm assuming, and people sort of have this idea that it's cheaper in the country, um, but I'm guessing that maybe that's not the case. Well, I really don't know what it costs to rent in the city, but, um, you know, it's certainly a high percentage of of your benefit, particularly if you're on Newstart. And, um, like, yeah, we're seeing older women, but also older men. And if you're a single person, you know, it's it's far more challenging, isn't it, to to get accommodation. So if people um, want to find out more about your service, um, I'm, I'm guessing you probably don't necessarily need new clients. No, I don't need to advertise <laughs> still. <laughs> but um, it's really good to hear about what it's like for people out there. I know it's still really smoky um, and that there's been people evacuating and then going home and then having to re-evacuate again and the animals mm. and the fences are a constant stress yes. for people um, but it's really been great to talk to you Val is, is there anything else you want our listeners to know about about the state of play out there in East Kippy? Um I, I think just sometimes like the funds that have been donated maybe not coming through quickly enough Yeah. and the other thing is like for instance the gentleman I talked about that was from Wairira he didn't actually lose his house it might have been where he was living so he wasn't eligible for the $1,000 grant yeah he got the payout from Centrelink. Oh, I think it was about five sixty, but that's all he's been eligible for. Yeah. And then landlords can assume that they're going to be eligible for um, bushfire money, perhaps to upgrade properties to put bushfire victims in. But if they haven't been in the fire area, they're not actually eligible for it. Yeah. So that can be like a, a misunderstanding, and there can be that can cause delays too in trying to help people to be housed. Yeah. So the eligibility is really for landholders that have lost their homes um, and their primary place of residence, but renters aren't necessarily getting that money by the sound of it. Um, I'm not, well, you certainly have to have lost your primary place of residence. Yeah. That doesn't include your car, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure. I actually haven't had a client that was renting and tried to make that claim, but I've certainly been on to the, the Centrelink website and printed out that form and to see if you're eligible and 
um, my gentleman in the car was certainly not, not eligible. eligible so yes. It had to be his primary place of residence, so that meant a, like a stable abode. So yeah. the most vulnerable people might be missing out. I think so, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I, I just think there might be ongoing health issues that are not going to surface for a while. Yeah. Like I, I did wear a, a mask for quite a while. Um, when the you know when the health when the smoke was at its worst yeah but I'm not sure everyone was able to access those um, so and also they're hoping. uncomfortable and they're not easy to wear all the time either no. so yeah people with lung conditions um, definitely asthma would have been suffering I'm sure with all of that smoke I noticed that the army's been around a bit mm-hmm. down I there have. yep um, yes. <laughs> the Chinooks we them a smile away every time we see them <laughs> whether they're actually providing much practical assistance on the ground, I guess, is debatable. Yeah, um, I don't know. Um, there's an the army camp. Um, no, no, that was the firefighter camp. Sorry, I'm getting confused. with the firefighter camp at Swan Ridge. Um, yeah, but certainly the army are quite visible. Well, I do. Like, I, I imagine they're doing really great work, and I wouldn't see any reason why they're not. Yeah. Um, so it's. I think that's actually quite a welcome sight to see that they're young and fit and here to help us. That's right. Maybe they could build some houses while they're there. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get get them up quickly for all of the people that need them. My program is only funded for three days a week. Yeah. And certainly um, that's quite full. So uh, that probably is a a possibility if they funded more to get another worker to help in this situation. Absolutely. (laughs) Like the Assistance with Care and Housing program is a great program, but it's really patchy and it's really underfunded. There's lots of areas that don't, because you're the Bansdale kind of area, but East Gippsland and Gippsland generally is massive. Um, and there's no way one person on three days a week can possibly cover that whole entire area. Um, and we really would love it if the federal government came to the party and funded more more places and more people like yourself to be doing this work because it's so important. Um, but like you say, it's pretty hard to do that work on three days a week. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And um, I don't know, it, just, it makes me sad because I think it's just sort of saying to people really that if you're on benefits you really have have little value you might want to cut this out Fiona but it just makes me it makes me really sad like, yeah people, people aren't important that's right people need to be considered to be more important yeah and there's a lot of goodwill out there it's just how to harness all that goodwill and and really why should people be crowdfunding for things when it should be the responsibility of all of us mm. um, and government to be building houses and making sure that people are okay especially like you say people living in their cars the most vulnerable yeah. I don't know, somehow we've got to promote the profile and make it more vote-grabbing. I'm not sure how we do that, but never mind. I don't know. Perhaps that's a bit of a brainstorm, I'm I think. sure there's some hand-shaking pollies happening around the place, so if you do see one, you could always <laughs> say a few words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did actually have um, Darren Chester. The oh, yeah, member. the member. He was quite, quite active, and um, Tim Bull was on the scene as well, but um, Darren seemed to be really getting around and had a good grasp on what was happening, so let's hope he feeds it up. That's right. Let's hope he does. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much again, Val, and, and we'll chat soon. All right, Fiona. Thank okay, you. Okay, cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, my name's Pilar Aguilera, and I'm 3CR's chairperson. I'm urging you to become a 3CR subscriber. We need to keep independent, radical, dissenting voices on air. Social change doesn't just happen. We need to nurture it. We desperately need to hear alternative ideas that allow us to organise, build community and change the systems that continue to oppress us and destroy the planet. Put your money where your mouth is. Become a member. Subscribe today. 
Okay, so you're back in the studio again with Fiona and Leone. Um, you just heard about subscribing. So I don't know if people know what that means, but um, basically you can become a subscriber at 3CR. If you are on a pension, it costs $35 a year. Um, if you're working, it costs $75. And you can um, continue to support things like this show, um, voices that you don't ordinarily hear on mainstream media, um, people like who you just heard from, Val, in East Gippsland, and also many, many other marginalised voices. And it's really important in the face of these natural disasters like the fire that we do build community um, and bring people along with us because we no one's going to do it for us, that's for sure. Um, so... 3CR is so important for um, for building community and also for hearing the real story on the ground about what's been going on. So, yes, a bit of a sad story from Val there. Hey, Leonie. Yeah, it was a great interview. It was very interesting. Yeah. Get a real sense of what it was like, you know, and what it's like in Bensdale. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty horrific that someone that's living in their car is less eligible for support. Yeah, no, no insurance perhaps for your car. And, and not considered to be a primary place of residence. <laughs> so therefore unable to get any of the funding from the government. Yeah. Um, so the people with the least lose everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 And just the concept of having to quickly evacuate and get down into those evacuation centres um, is pretty full on. But like Val was saying, even her day-to-day work is so difficult because there's just no, there's no housing. There's mm. no um, nowhere to put people. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting to mention the idea of the spotlight being on the on the you know the area that you can already feel it moving away. Mm. You know, it's already been buried by all you know the coronavirus and by the floods in you know New South Wales. Yeah, it, the news cycle is so fast, and yet this is something that's going to be with the, the area mm. for. Many years. And the other thing that I thought was interesting was talking about the health effects. Like I know there was some interesting footage about Malakuta with an older woman who was having trouble breathing and which was sort of probably went around the world. Yeah. But, I mean, as an older person myself with asthma, Mm. I had really bad moments in Melbourne. Yeah. And I just think that that's the toll which is yet to be sort of reckoned, Mm. um, which is what. Um, your, your interviewer was saying, mm. you know, uh, it, when the spotlight goes, who's going to be looking at that? Yeah, and I think also it will be hard to um, to really measure that as yeah. well. And the whole of rural Australia has been in decline for a long time um, and there's been services being withdrawn for many, many, many years and I guess back in the olden days, there used to be co-ops where people would support, lo- like local businesses would get together and, you know, like milk co-ops and cheese co-ops yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And that's how people kind of supported and kept the money in the local area. And I'm thinking maybe we need to go back to that. Um, housing co-ops are a great way to provide low-cost housing for people. And I think we just need to get back to thinking about some alternative ways of doing things ageing population, expensive housing, lack of services. There's no doctors in Warbost anymore, for no. example. No, um, All the banks left long ago. Yeah. And I think we just have to try and rely on each other. Yes, and, 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 and still the rents are high. Mm. Like, um, I know, you know, the rental snapshot that Anglicare does every year says quite plainly there are no affordable uh, 
houses in Australia for people on New Start. Anywhere, yeah. anywhere, yeah, in, in the whole uh, of the country. No, yeah. So this this idea that it's more affordable is just is not true. Yeah, and, and so there's no incentive for people anyway to, um, you know, who younger, even younger people who want to go out and support those communities. They're not going to do that if it's expensive. Mm. Mm. I think one of the things that we would like to do at HAG over the coming years in our strategic plan is to um, get more members from the country. Um, I think we would love to be a truly member-based service from for all over um, Victoria and potentially Australia as well through your Nash work, Leonie. Yes. So it would be fantastic if you are a rural listener. You can listen to us via the internet, so you can probably hear us now. Um, and that's on 3cr.org.au. Um, so, yeah, we'd love to be able to hear from more rural members and we'd love to have more rural listeners become members of HAG and, of course, subscribe to 3CR as well while you're at it. Yeah. Um, so I might just give the contact details um, for ourselves at Housing for the Aged Action Group, so you can um, you can give us you can check out our website, which is oldertenants.org.au, and there's a place there where you can actually sign up to become a member, um, or you can call us on nine six five four seven three eight nine and have a chat about to Joanne, our membership person there. Um, yeah. So we've just about run out of time for this show. Oh, have we really? I, I wanted know. to hear more of your stories about your personal Oh, my bushfire nightmare. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. you've got an intimate relationship with East Gippsland. I do. I lived there for nearly 20 years. Mm. Um, what you can do is listen to some of the shows that are on other shows at this. <laughs> <laughs> I've done. I just did an interview with um, an a afternoon show, which you should be able to hear on podcast. Um, and, yeah, you can talk to me anytime give us a call at the office i'm happy to talk about fires endlessly (laughs) but if you are (laughs) sad but true sad but true yeah so if you are an older person that needs housing give us a call um otherwise we will hear from you again um next fortnight and thanks again for listening to us